You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. This is Sean Doyle, host of the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, your daily podcast dedicated to the Toronto Blue Jays. I also cover Canada's team at the site I founded, jaysfromthecouch.com, and I host Jays from the Couch Radio. As well, I'm also the co-author of the Jays from the Couch Guide to the 2018 Toronto Blue Jays, which you can find on Amazon. So whether it's TV, radio, or in person, I'm always happy to talk Blue Jays, so hit me up on Twitter at DoyleJFTC. Welcome to Episode 8 of the Locked On Blue Jays podcast. Now, I'm really excited to be branching out as part of the Locked On Network. Things are growing quickly, and I'm glad to be part of it. We're associated with FanRag Sports, and I will be with you for the entire 2018 season as we look to bring you great audio content every day. Now, for Episode 8 of the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, I'd like to take a look at the start of the 2018 season for Randall Grichuk, the person who's supposed to be taking over for Blue Jays legend Jose Bautista. To help me do that, to help me analyze this whole start to the season, I'm going to invite Jays from the Couch writer, downtown Stephen Brown, to the show. So we'll bring him in here in a minute and we'll, we'll break down what's going on with Randall Grichuk. But before we do that, I'd like to take the time to remind you that you can find all the latest Locked On Blue Jays audio and written content on LockedOnBlueJays.com. Site's up and running. Looks beautiful. Don't forget we're on iTunes. Head on over to the podcast. Search Locked On Blue Jays. Click subscribe. And while you're listening, give us a little rate and review. Yeah, we'd really, really, really appreciate it. If you're an Android user, head on over to Google Play. Search Locked On Blue Jays and click subscribe. It's just that easy. All right, let's get locked on Blue Jays. To help me out, downtown Stephen Brown, the winner of the very first Locked on Blue Jays trivia show, beating out the veteran, Ryan Andrews. Stephen, welcome to you, bud. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for having me back. It was a glorious victory last time um, when I was on for the trivia, and I really let Ryan know how I felt about it on Twitter afterwards. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that uh, both of you have made it out alive and everybody, you're still talking and things have, you know, worked out because there will be other battles and I'm glad that both of you are handling your win and his loss. I'm both you're, glad you're both handling it well. Mm-hmm. All right. So today on the Locked on Blue Jays podcast, Stephen, I wanted to talk to you about Randall Grichuk. Okay. The heir to right field in Rogers Center, uh, taking over from Jose Bautista, which is not exactly an easy task to do. Let's be clear about that. But coming from St. Louis, where he was just basically the odd man out, uh, he said um, during the offseason, he said he expected to be traded. And he's during the offseason, he said he'd been working on pitch recognition and, and all of that stuff. Now, here we are, 10 games into the twenty sorry, 11 games into the 2018 season, and Randall Grichuk is off to a rather miserable start. So initially, right off the bat, what are your thoughts about, first of all, just the addition of Randall Grichuk? We'll get into his struggles uh, in a little bit, but when you heard that he would be the one coming in to replace Jose Bautista, what were your thoughts on that? 
When I first heard about the trade, I was sitting in class and my professor was lecturing and I got the notification on my phone and I was like, you know, I, I, I kind of just stopped and hit the desk and I was like, ooh, that's a, that's a nice name um, coming back for a relatively even return. And as I dug into the numbers, there were some pretty interesting ones. He had been one of the better defensive um, outfielders in the game since 2014 in terms of defensive run save and ultimate zone range. Uh, but also his power numbers, in particular his ISO or... Um, was was really really up there with some of the elite hitters in the game um, since 2014 or 2015, higher than Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Joey Votto. So this is a guy that really mashes the ball, and I had high expectations of him coming into the season, but he's gotten off to a slow start, like you said. But as Curtis Granderson um, pointed out yesterday, if this 0 for 24 um, spill or something, whatever he went on, was in the middle of the season. I don't think people are talking about it as much or making that big of a deal of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think that part of it, too, is I think maybe, or maybe it's just me, but I think there's a segment of Blue Jays' population who still misses Jose Bautista, right? And this guy is taking over right field, and, and if you look at the roster, he's the one taking over right field, even though he could play center field. Or, uh, he could play center field as well, maybe even better than Kevin Pillar, but that's a story for another day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, let's be honest, balls that Kevin Pillar may, you know, may dive for, Grichik doesn't, may not even have to. But that's, again, we can, we can save that for another day. Put a pin in that one. Um, but I think the, the issue with that is, is if you're one of those people, you have to remember that Grichik is coming in to replace 2017 <laughs> Jose Bautista, who barely hit over 200 mm-hmm. and looked absolutely uh, lost at the place, a shadow of his former self. So, like you, I was excited because we're talking major, major power. Um, now, as is often the case with major power comes high strikeouts, uh, and that's something that kind of bothers me, not just about Grichik, but uh, I guess baseball in general, where the strikeouts are acceptable now. It's like, well, you know, it's part of doing business, I guess. If you want those runs and everybody's increasing their launch angle and trying to, to hit the ball with more authority and all that stuff. So, if, if you know, it's kind of the trade-off that you accept more strikeouts. But here we are at the start of the 2018 season. After he struck out 30% of the time last year in St. Louis, he's up at exactly one-third, 33.3%. That's scary, like, early... Blue Jays career Justin Smoke territory does that does that bother you at all it it does and it doesn't just because of the type of baseball fan um, that I am I really like small ball and manufacturing runs it's boring it's not as exciting but as we've seen with teams from the past like the Tampa Bay Rays it it does it does work when you have guys on the roster that can execute it um but the one thing about um, Grichik is I have a little bit of a hot take. I think even with the terrible start that he's gotten off to at the plate, he's been good enough defensively that I think he's having a better season than what Jose Bautista did in 2017 still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's been 
okay defensively. He's he's had shown more range certainly than Bautista. I you know, uh, I don't know if I'm ready to hand over a Gold Glove, but he's certainly no, no, certainly not. No, I think I guess let me add to that is I think that you can accept the offensive struggles because of the defense that he's played. He hasn't looked out of place or anything like that. He plays good defense. So you can ride out the the the, the slump, as it were. Um, so I, I'm with you on that. Uh, I, if this are, is continues in through May and June, then obviously you got problems. But that's a bigger problem than, uh, you know, than, than we're... I guess prepared to discuss now because that that signifies major major issues as opposed to just a, a cold streak. Um, but mm-hmm. let's let's really dig into this because here's what's interesting is that over the off season we heard that he was working with uh, pitch recognition and hoping to you know I don't know make more contact avoid the strikeouts and all of that stuff and here we are. Let me read you some of the numbers, okay? Now, if you, if for our listeners at home, if you have small children, you may want to hide them because these are no, uh, some ugly, ugly numbers. All right, batting average, point zero eight six, not even one hundred. <laughs> it gets worse. On base percentage, one fifty four. Weighted runs created plus, negative five. I can honestly say negative. Weighted runs created plus is something that just is so jarring to me that I um, Now, in total, he's put up um, negative 0.4 uh, Fangraphs war, which isn't too bad, right? Because that's actually uh, what Jose Bautista put up for the whole season last year. But it's, it's not going <laughs> to stay there. But here's the one thing, I guess, for that really, really grabbed me. The batting average on balls in play for Randall Grichuk so far in 39 at-bats is .091. Like, we're not even talking about average luck or below average luck. He's had basically non-existent luck or whatever you want to chalk batting average on balls in play up to. It's been brutal. Like, there's some days when I leave the house when I just know that it's not going to be my day. I, like last week, I forgot my wallet and I had to walk back from the bus stop. And then I walked back to the bus stop and a bus splashed me really badly. And I was soaked and I was looking at the time and I was already really late. And I just figured, okay, today's not going to be my day. Turned around, went home. I think that's the kind of streak that Randall Gritchick is having at the moment. And you know what? He had that extra base hit um, last night in the game against the Orioles. So that's something to carry into um, today and onwards for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you. I know you're you're not exactly in the um, sports psychology program. Uh, neither am I. But let's... Uh, there's something that to me stands out uh, when you're watching Randall Gritchick play. And right now it seems to be a little case of trying too hard to impress your new team and new fan base and all of that stuff. And I think what really gets, what stands out to me is that the he's swinging at about 50% of things, which is, you know, actually he's swinging less 
than he normally has in his career. But the amount of swinging strikes, the swinging strike percentage has jumped up 5% over last year already. It seems to me, just as a casual observer, not well, maybe more than casual, that he's just gripping too tightly, <laughs> trying too hard to... And that's the, that's something that kind of has the opposite effect if you're a baseball player. Right. And like when you asked me what my initial thoughts uh, were when I heard it was him coming in to uh, be the heir in right field, sort of say, I was very excited about the things that he does well. And that's playing in the outfield, that's getting extra base hits. I wasn't really concerned with the low on base percentage and the strikeouts. There's a quote, and I have a bad habit of relating everything back to hockey, but there's a quote from former Tampa Bay Lightning head coach Guy Boucher talking to Steven Stamkos, and he was telling him that, look, we know you're not the greatest defensively. You're here to be a scorer. We want you to work on your strengths 80% of the time and your weaknesses 20% of the time. You know, the, your value comes from the things that you're good at. And sometimes you just have to accept that you're not going to be an everyman. And I think the Jays acquired him to be um, very good defensively in right field because that's something that they didn't necessarily have with Jose Bautista for many years. Um, and to replace some power in the lineup and be an effective five, six, or seven hitter. Mm, interesting point. Now, if, if so if we run with that, then what is it that the Toronto Blue Jays would be looking for him to focus on 80% of the time, aside from defense? What is it then that he's not doing now that perhaps he should be doing at the plate, in your mind? Um, it's it's just staying on your pitch. Like Everybody has their pitch or where they want to go in mind when they're up at the plate. And when you try to expand um, your strike zone or you try to look for every pitch and you say, oh, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to, you know, draw 100 walks this year or lead the league in walks, it's, it, 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 it's problematic because it affects the pitches that you would normally hit. So if, if I was him, if I was the Blue Jays, I would just want him to go out there and be the guy that he has been mm-hmm. for the past couple of years, and that's hit balls hard and drive in runs and get extra base hits. I think one day I would love to sit down, excuse me, sit down with somebody from St. Louis, somebody who follows the Cardinals really closely, because it seems to me the St. Louis Cardinals every player that seems to come away from them and you know whether it's playing for Toronto or playing elsewhere seems to have this giant mental weight that it's hard for them to shake uh, when they first leave that team and I don't know if it's a uh, perform or you're done weight um, I don't know what it is but it seems to me there's an ex- incredible amount of pressure put on these players that they have a they have trouble getting over but I would that's just me coming from, you know, way on the other side of the continent. So I would really love to chat with somebody because I seem to think like that has something to do with what we're seeing from Randall Gritchick right now. Well, you know, the Cardinals, they had a lot of success for a very long time. And when you think about the players that they've had 
or that they do have right now, they're they've they've been struggling the past couple of years. They haven't um, done the greatest, and you know they got guys like Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. They suffered injuries. There's lots of pressure in that market, but yeah, that that would be really interesting mm-hmm. to sit down and speak to that because even like a guy like Colby Rasmus, he came from St. Louis to Toronto with a long history of just not meeting their expectations and not being good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean, so you see it with Aledmus Diaz as well, comes up, um, has a great rookie season, and then the next season he just can't put it together to the point where the Toronto Blue Jays were able to get him for nothing. Um, it, it would be interesting, and I, I don't know, neither of us can really speak to it, but it would be something worth finding out. Um, so before we put a ribbon on this one, on uh, I want to get your take. What do you do? right now if you're the Toronto Blue Jays with Randall Gritchick because listen you know it I know it people are calling for Teoscar Hernandez because they remember his September they remember the spring he had but what do you do if you are the Toronto Blue Jays right now when you mention um Teoscar Hernandez it's a very interesting um point but I think you know you have Randall Gritchick you didn't give up a lot for him gave up Connor Green and Dominic Leon. I don't know how they're doing um, so far. He's got, you know, a couple years of control left. This could be a guy that you find a lot of value in, and to give up on him, um, I think, would is not the right thing to do. I think, you know, you give him an off day like they did yesterday. They put him into the lineup as a pinch hitter. He was able to hit a double into center field. It was a hard-hit ball. And like you said, like when you're only I can't remember the exact number, but when your batting average on balls put in play is under a hundred, mm. like you can't you can't let that get to you. And I know Gibby is the most relaxed guy in the entire world. He's probably just looking at Randall and telling him, Hey, man, you know, just relax, we'll get him tomorrow. And that's kind of what they're doing at this point. Mm. I think Gibby just needs to bring him into his office, split one of his Coors Light with him, and just have a little chat, you know? (laughs) Just relax. Take a breather, bud. You know? Anyway. So we're going to take a breather here, uh, and we're going to say farewell (laughs) until the next episode of the Locked on Blue Jays podcast. I want to say thank you to Stephen downtown, Stephen Brown, for joining me for episode eight. Stephen, let everybody know how they can follow you and all that. Um, I am on Twitter delivering the hottest of takes while watching the games, um, either on the bus or in class. Um, I'm on jaysfromthecouch.com where I'm hoping to contribute uh, more so after school um, ends. Um, But that's pretty much it. Isn't it terrible when everyday real life takes over the time from doing what you actually want to (laughs) do? Yeah, uh, you know, but sometimes you got to do the things that you don't like to do to get to where you want to be. There you go. Such a mature approach from such a young man. Stephen, thank you for joining (laughs) us. For all of our listeners, make sure you head on over to LockedOnBlueJays.com where you will find all of our audio content and written content as well, part of the FanRag Sports Network. For all of us, this is Sean Doyle, hoping life gives you a juicy fastball down the middle, and you don't miss it. Take care. (laughs) 